Welcome today to Established in the Faith. This is Pastor James Pierce of Friendship, Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina, near the Emet community, and we are so very, very pleased and happy to have all of you out there tuning in with us today. We're going to be coming to you from one of our Sunday morning services, and we hope and pray that the message today will be a blessing to you. Exodus chapter 25, move down, if you will, to verse 31. And thou shalt make a candlestick of pure gold. Of beaten work shall the candlestick be made. His shaft and his branches, his bowls, his knops, and his flowers shall be of the same. And six branches shall come out of the sides of it, three branches of the candlestick out of the one side, Three branches of the candlestick out of the other side. Move down, if you will, to verse 39. Of a talent of pure gold shall he make it with all the vessels. And look that thou make them after their pattern which was showed thee in the mount. And I just want to stop right there and use for a subject this morning. A candlestick of pure gold. A candlestick of pure gold. Let's go to the Lord in prayer and ask for his help today. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for the honor and the privilege of being able to stand before your people and the minister your word. Lord, all I have today is words. And Lord, there are many needs. Lord, I ask you today to anoint me. Help me to rightly divide this word of truth. Lord, that needs will be met. Anoint your people to hear and to receive of your word. Lord, without you, we can do nothing. And Lord, we lean upon you today to help us to better understand your word. Lord, help us to be drawn closer to you, deeper into your word. Help us to be led more by your spirit. And I'll ask it all in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen and Amen. This of which I have just read to you was given to Moses by God some 3,500 years ago. God gave explicit instructions as to how the tabernacle was to be laid out. He gave explicit instructions on how the furniture, the vessels, even the tools that were used God gave explicit instructions on how these things were to be made, where they were to be placed, how they were to be used, and so forth. God was very specific. He said, as I have just read to you there in verse 40, Look that thou make them after their pattern which was showed thee in the mount. The first thing I want you to realize is this. This Bible that I hold in my hands is the pattern by which we as a church are to go by and to abide by. If we leave the pattern, we're headed for trouble. Just a short time ago, we went to a preacher's conference 
I went, hopefully, to hear some good preaching from other ministers within our denomination to get uplifted. Sadly and regrettably, ladies and gentlemen, that was not the case. But for two days, for eight hours, we had a gentleman there that had a doctorate in psychology and stood there and talked about the brain and how it works and so forth. For eight hours, the man never even opened a Bible while we were there. God hears me. Dana was with me. Never once opened the Word of God. Never mentioned God. Never mentioned Jesus Christ. Never mentioned sin. Never mentioned the cross. Never mentioned the blood. None of that was mentioned We were told that people's brains shut down when loud noises are present. Therefore, we as ministers are not to get loud in our preaching. I got a feeling that the day when Jesus went in the temple and kicked the tables over, I don't think he was quiet. In the 23rd chapter of Matthew, when Jesus was telling off the scribes and Pharisees, I don't think he was quiet. We were also told not to correct people. We are to find the good in everybody and extol them for their goodness. And yes, that is definitely something that needs to happen. But when you see a brother and sister go wrong... There is a proper way to correct them. Even myself as a pastor, just because I am your pastor, that does not mean that I am above and beyond correcting. Understand what I'm saying. But the Bible is full of correction. Well, Brother James, what are you going to do? I'm going to preach just like I've always preached. (laughs) If I get loud, I get loud. I can't help it. You see, people, they can get all excited about a ball game. They get all excited about the politics. They get all excited about Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton. I heard someone say the other day, both of them was in a car wreck. Said, which one do you think survived? I said, I don't know. They said the nation survived. It's pitiful. But people get excited over all kind of things. There's one thing that excites me. That's this Bible that I hold in my hands. You can talk about fishing. You can talk about hunting. You can talk about the ball game. You can talk about money. You can talk about anything you want to talk about. I'll sit there and listen. But when you start talking about this Bible that I hold in my hands, when you start talking about the Lord Jesus Christ and what he did on Calvary's cross to save me from my sins, you'll see a tear start to come out of my eye because 
because this touches my heart. It touches my soul. And I can't help but get loud when you're talking about the Lord Jesus Christ. When we get away from this, we're headed for trouble. God said, Look that thou make them after their pattern which was showed thee in the mount. The sacred vessel of the candlestick which was made of gold. It is the only vessel that typified Christ, the Holy Spirit, and Israel of that day. Sadly and regrettably, Israel rejected the Lord Jesus Christ. They nailed him to a cross. And because of that, the candlestick now is symbolic of the church. We can see it in the first chapter of the book of Revelation. Each component of that candlestick, as God laid it out here in this chapter, is extremely important as it pertains to Christ, the Holy Spirit, and the church. And Lord, help me today to bring out some of that. I'm not going to be able to finish this message because I've already said more than what I intended to come here and say today. This candlestick is called the menorah. It means light bearer. It was the only source of light in the tabernacle. And that candlestick is symbolic of Christ, the Holy Spirit, and the church. I'm trying to say this, ladies and gentlemen. The church is the only true source of light that there is in this world. And that candlestick is made up of different branches, of which I will look at momentarily if we have time. But you are one of those branches. Jesus said, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. The people that you come in contact with on a daily basis, you are to be a light unto them. Are you the light as you should be? How do you judge whether you're a proper light or not? If you've got people that are coming up to you and they ask you about biblical things, there's some light that's shining. If you've got people that are coming up to you and they're saying, look, I've got this situation going on, I've got that particular situation going on, would you please pray for me? There's light there. There's illumination there in this dark world, and they see that in you, and they're coming to you about these things. At the same time, if you do not have anyone coming to you and talking to you about biblical things, no one ever comes to you and asks you to pray for them about a particular thing. Maybe your light needs some improvement. 
This candlestick made of gold, the menorah, light bearer, was the only source of light in the tabernacle. It was located on the left-hand side of the tabernacle, and its purpose was to light up the inside of the tabernacle, but it was to cast light over upon the table of showbread. Table of showbread is a type of the Word of God. It was some time ago, I can't remember whether it was a gospel singing that we had here, a revival, a funeral, or what it was, but I was standing at the front entrance there, the church, and people were coming in, and someone asked me, what are you doing with loaf bread on the table? And I said, excuse me, what what are you talking about? And they walked over there to the table where we keep all the CDs at. And, oh, they're CDs. What is this? I said, well, these are copies of some messages that we've preached here at the church. Well, good. How much do they cost? I said, they don't cost a thing. They're paid for, free of charge. Help yourself. And they got a couple of them and whatever the case. But when they walked in and saw that table, they thought it was loaf bread laying there on the table because those CDs are in the little white sleeves and they, I don't know what they were thinking, but I got to looking at it and I, I, I can see how they can, you know, mistake that or whatever the case. But our church has a table of showbread Amen. and it's right back there in the vestibule. And ever since that time, the Lord has been on me to keep that table full of bread Keep that table full of the Word of God. And let me tell you something today, folks. When you go back there and you grab one of those CDs and you listen to it, and you hand it off to someone else, you are casting light upon God's Word. And that's one of the purposes of the candlestick in the tabernacle, was to shine light upon God. The table of showbread. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. Glory to God. As you come into the tabernacle, into the courtyard area, the first piece that you will come to is the brazen altar. The brazen altar is the place of the sacrifice. Back in Old Testament times, if you had committed sin, you had to take a lamb without spot and without blemish, and you had to bring it to the priest. And he had to inspect it minutely so that it was without spot and without blemish. And you would have to do this every time you committed a sin in order to have forgiveness from God. Can you imagine how expensive that would be? If it was like that today, a lot of us would watch what we say in church. Hello? Can get to be expensive. You'd watch how you treat other people. 
But thank God under the new covenant, new covenant, Jesus paid it all. Glory to God. If you sin, the Bible says if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. But you would bring that lamb and the priest would cut its throat and the hot blood would pour out. And he would take that lamb and cut it up into pieces and he would lay it on that brazen altar. And it would be consumed by fire. That fire is a type of the judgment of God upon sin. The only way that you're going to get any closer to God is through and by the sacrifice. That's what God was teaching man in the Old Testament. It's through and by the sacrifice. It was a foreshadow of Christ and what Christ would do for us at Calvary's cross. And if you'll keep in mind all of this bloodletting, slitting the throat and cutting the, the little animal up into pieces, the garments of the priest would get dirty. The hands would get dirty. And he would have to go into the tabernacle. So right in front of the tabernacle would be the brazen laver. It was a place where the priest could go and wash. There it is. All right. Down here at the very bottom, you can see as you enter into the courtyard of the tabernacle, you have the brazen altar. That's the first thing you come to. Before you can get any closer to God, you're going to have to come to the Lord Jesus Christ. The priest wants to go into the tabernacle, but he's got all this blood on him, so he would wash himself at the brazen laver, which she's running a little cursor around there right now. That is also a type of the Word of God. As you enter into the tabernacle itself, the first thing you will notice if you are allowed to go in there is the veil that separates the holy place from the holy of holies. Right in front of that veil is the altar of incense. Haven, if you will, go up there to the altar of incense right there. That's the altar of incense. On the right-hand side over here, there you go, you got a big arrow up there now. Over on that side, we have the candlestick, golden candlestick, and then you have the table of showbread over on the left-hand side. If you were to draw a line, all right, Haven, if you will put that in motion, please. If you draw a line from the brazen altar up to the altar of incense, you see that line there? Now, if you will, draw a line from the, thank you, from the candlestick over to the table of showbread, it forms a perfect cross. On the other side of the veil, we have the Ark of the Covenant, the place where God dwells. When Jesus died on Calvary, the Bible says that the veil in the temple, some four inches thick, was rent from top to bottom. And the veil in the temple was rent, giving us access to 
the Ark of the Covenant, the place where God dwells. I said all of that to say this. The cross of Christ is the only way to God. And you can see there where the veil now has been removed. The only way that you're going to get to God is through and by the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's what this Bible is all about. God said, see that you make it after the pattern which was shown you in the mount. All right. Verse 31, Exodus chapter 25. Thou shalt make a candlestick that speaks of the incarnation. God becoming man. The wages of sin is death. The problem is God, in the form of God, cannot die. So God would become man for the expressed purpose of dying on a cross to save mankind. Thou shalt make a candlestick of pure gold. That pure gold speaks of the deity of Christ. Jesus Christ was not just half man, half God. He was fully God and fully man at the same time. He said also there in verse 31, Of a beaten work shall the candlestick be made. Jesus Christ being born of the Virgin Mary, Jesus Christ, God becoming man, God manifest in the flesh, living a perfect life for you and I within itself was not enough to save mankind. He had to go to the cross. Our redemption was beaten out on the cross of Calvary. Of a beaten work shall the candlestick be made. Verse 31, his shaft and his branches, his bowls, his knops, his flowers shall be of the same. A talent of pure gold, one piece of gold weighing somewhere around 120 pounds. It was not enough for the one who was to make this candlestick to make it in pieces. It would have been much easier to have made the shaft and made each individual branch and then bring it together and weld it together and assemble it. But when we're talking about Jesus Christ, ladies and gentlemen, Jesus Christ is perfect and he needs nothing added to him. He needs nothing else added to to it. It was to be beaten out if you will pull up that candlestick again. I want you to look at each one of those branches. The person that beat that out, he had to beat it out, beat it out with a hammer. Beat this thing into shape out of one piece of gold. One piece, one block of gold if you'll imagine that. A 120-pound piece of gold. He had to beat that piece of gold into something similar to what you see up there on the screen. They tell us that there's nobody in the world today that can do what this individual did in the Old Testament. 
The man's name that made this, his name is Bezalel. And God anointed this man to be a worker in gold and brass and the carving of wood and so forth. God anointed this man with that craft. And he beat this candlestick out of one piece of solid gold. Bezalel was his name. He is a type. Of the Holy Spirit. And there's not a person in the world today that can do that. I said all of that to say this. The work that needs to be done, that has to be done, can only be done through and by the moving, working, and operation of the Holy Spirit. Which is something that is lacking greatly in the church today and I've run out of time I've got a lot of points to this message we're going to have to continue it next week if you would like to have a free copy of the message you've just heard today just give us a call or text us at 252-299-4200 Established in the Faith is also on Facebook. Just look us up. You'll also find today's message there as well. But perhaps you need someone to just talk to or to just pray with you about something. Again, feel free to give us a call. The number is 252-299-4234. This program is an outreach ministry of Friendship Free Will Baptist Church in Middlesex, North Carolina. As well, depends on the prayerful and financial support of listeners like you. To contribute to this ministry, make a check out to Friendship Church in the memo box, write Radio Ministry. Mail it to Established in the Faith, P.O. Box 601, Bailey, North Carolina, 27807. We look forward to hearing from you. Haven. And I'm Juliana. And you have been listening to Establishing the Faith with our dad, James Pierce. He is the pastor of Friendship Original Free Will Baptist Church in Middlesex, North Carolina, near the Emmett community. On Sunday mornings, we have Sunday school starting at 945 and worship service at 11. The church is located one mile off of Highway 231 in Emmett, North Carolina. Just turn in front of Johnson Auto Savage on the Friendship Church Road. We would love to have you and hope to see you there. And we hope today's program has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening. God bless you.